The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. And you're preaching to the choir, my friend. Wait, there's a choir? Yeah, dude, it's right here. What kind of choir are you in, Tongue? Are you um, talking about people out there listening on the radio? Yes. Like a choir practice? Yes, dude. Shouldn't you be practicing? No. Turn this off and get back to the high rise. Me, 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 me. Hey, this is the five count, by the way. Yeah, it is. It's not choir practice. Do you remember? Did you have to give your, like in school, elementary school, maybe high school choir yeah did you have to like turn to your neighboring choir-esque person and be like giving them shoulder rubs and weird like back choppy choppies and stuff like that no i don't Maybe that's just that a weird touchy lassoer thing then i don't know yeah i don't recall that at all i mean there's a there's a, there's a very good chance that um, the overabundance of extracurricular activities within my teenage years uh, could have erased all of my elementary school memories. You mean like soccer and stuff? Yes. I mean, yes. If, if by soccer you mean playing it through a field of marijuana, then yes. I'm just saying, there's a chance that I've lost some of those memories. But like grass stains? Yes. Grass stains. Stains on my mind, yeah. There was a lot of extracurricular stuff. You know what I'm saying? LSD. It's just one of those things that you find yourself doing a lot of, and then that somehow makes you forget a bunch of stuff. What I'm saying is, I don't remember giving anybody back rubs in elementary school or receiving any back rubs. That's the real kicker. That's a bummer, Tongue. I don't even get back rubs now. Hey, I'll give you a back rub, but first got to record this program. All right. And by record, I mean we're live. Hey, this is hey, a live show. It's live. Just kidding. We don't remember how to do that anymore. Thanks a lot, Obama and the Russians. And Why do you blame everything on Obama? I don't because even understand. he's like extreme left-wing guy. I thought he was a nice guy. I don't know him personally. Well. But I heard like that he's a lizard who eats babies and stuff. That's really weird. It gives people back rubs and I've choir. never heard any of those things. Ta ta titi ta. I'd love to hang out with Obama. Ta ta titi ta. Well, too bad, ton, because you're hanging out with me. Hey, it's the five count, remember? 
I remember. You probably knew that because, I mean, why would you be listening otherwise? This is kind of like appointment radio for the select few, the select very few. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't just listen to this by accident. Well, maybe you would. Well, you'd have turned it off by now. After Ton and all his weird back rub talk. No, that was 100% you. And let me just say, most likely, if you're in Sweden, we are at the top of the podcasting charts in Sweden. You most likely <laughs> saw someone else listening to the five count and decided, geez, I better try to check that out. And then checked it out yourself and then went straight to the top of the charts with everyone else. So it's a very good chance that someone is listening to this by happenstance. Gentle listeners, very much like the time when Ton won Funniest Local Radio Host by a defunct magazine in Mankato 15 years ago. He was once on the uh, charts in Sweden for, I think, Spotify podcasting. It would probably hit like number 280 or something. And that was about 10 years ago. And he's still hanging his hat on that. And he's wondering how come the Swedes don't come back and say, hey, thank you so much, Ton. You really turned my life around. It was way sooner than 10 years ago. How do we find this out? We should be able know. to look this up right now. We were just uh, flirting on the Kenya charts, I noticed. See? Kenya. How you doing? Kenya, hey. How you doing, Kenya? Kenya, tell your friends about the show? See exactly. What I did there? You see? We're, That's why we're, uh, well, not number one, but. We're international superstars, Dust. Just embrace it, why don't you? I will. If there weren't this uh, darn pandemic going around, I'd be embracing everyone. I think I'm losing my voice, in case you're wondering why I don't sound quite as beef cakeyan as I usually do. You think you're losing your voice? Why? You've been yelling a lot? Yeah, a lot of yelling, swearing, That's... and shouting at people who don't use their blinkers, and, you know, just the huge. You just have copious amounts of road rage all the time? A lot of road rage, a lot of roid rage. Nice, dude. You've been hitting the roids again? So many just rages. I thought I could tell, dude. I've been going to a lot of ragers. Your vascularity is really on point. Thanks. It's getting a little chilly, though. I'm going to put my pants back on. Oh, good plan. Ton, we got a special guest tonight. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's uh, a big show tonight. We have an exclusive interview with Terry Adams, the man, founder, frontman for the band NRBQ. Wow. Remember those guys? No. Me and the boys. Just me and the boys. You know those guys. I know that as soon as you play the music, I will recognize it, but I have no idea right now. They were managed by Captain Lou Albano for a while. Oh, yeah. They showed up in uh, that movie that you love, Shakes the Clown. Yeah, dude. They were zombies in Day of the Dead. Oh, man. Wow. They put out about 189 albums over the last 50 years. That's a lot of albums. Well, um, they're... Still putting out albums, believe it or not. Wow. And Terry Adams will be on the program tonight. That sounds amazing. They did an album with Captain Lou Albano. It was called Lou and the Q. Lou and the Q. And I think it came out 40 years ago this year. Wow. Or 35 years ago, I believe. 35 years ago. Check the Wikipedia. All right. Doesn't matter. We're playing the whole thing tonight. Holy number two. Because as uh, many of you longtime listeners know... Tun's father was, in fact, Captain Louis Albano. <laughs> oh, man. Estranged father, sadly. Yeah. But, yes. you know, Tun likes uh, to do whatever he can to keep his memory alive. I really do. Tun is the skipper. <laughs> of the five count, that is. Yes. 
I love it. You know, it's it just brings me back to all the memories of rubber bands and, you know, flowery shirts. It's just really a lovely time. Uh, we have some not-so-lovely times to discuss right now, Ton. Do we really? We also have a, a tribute to Dustin Diamond, Screech from Saved by the Bell. Damn, wow. He what? just died earlier this week. Oh, man. Uh, he's one of the last remaining Dustins out there. Other than yourself. Yeah, there's me, and there was him, and there's uh, Dustin Pedroia from Major League Baseball. Okay. And Dustin Rhodes, the wrestler. And that's it. And I think that's it. There's just those four. Wow. So Screech has passed on. Afraid so. And Please tell me it wasn't from the COVID. uh, It was cancer, I believe. Wow. Crazy. He's got to be, like, around our age. Not much older. Well, how much older? Like, 10 years older than us, maybe? Tops? No, I think he was early 40s. Yeah. So, not much older than us. He was in the Wonder Years. Wow. Big Top Pee-wee. That's scary. He was almost on this show. Yeah, he was. Multiple Real times. close. We had everything set up, We had, and it was like some scheduling mishap happened at the last minute, and it fell through, but he was like... Five minutes away from being on the show. Weird. That's a bummer. That is a bummer, as Ton likes to say, sadly. So many bummers have happened in the past year. But he's going to do his best to start anew and make things be less bummer-y. Yes, definitely. Let me just ask you this real quick. Now that we're getting just slightly older and you notice people around our age dying off, does that at all, like, freak you out a little bit? That you're going to die soon? Probably. A little bit. Because i got to be honest, I'd be very lost without you, Ton. Well, thank you. And I'm sorry. Could happen. Luckily for the gentle listeners, we have about 880 shows so we could always re- play reruns. Yeah. Because we do that here on KMSU. When people die, we just pretend they didn't play <laughs> reruns. So we have, we, we have enough shows to last us another 30 years. Sure. And then by that time, I'll be dead, so who cares? Yeah. Or radio could just be dead in general. People like Ton are out there cruising around listening to Sirius XM and forgetting their public radio roots and just throwing caution and great radio to the wind. Disgusting. Let me tell you something. I've been trying to listen to Sirius XM, and it's terrible. I don't like it at all. I do not like it. Not it's not good. Bluegrass? No, there's probably plenty of it on there, and I avoid it like the plague. What I'm saying is, it's just not good. You'd rather have the plague than listen to bluegrass? I think so. Wow. I would consider it. I don't know what to say, other than, uh, sorry, trampled by turtles. (laughs) Yes. Well, anyway, that sounds like we have a tremendous program this evening. Um, I'm sorry to hear about Screech's passing, and uh, I'm sorry about your pants fitting so tightly. Not as sorry as I am, Ton, but not as sorry as you're going to be once I take them off. See how it went full circle? Yes. Yikes. Get ready for that. I am so ready. I don't know how you prepare yourself for that, but uh, just know what's coming. In preparation, I have got myself some brand new glasses. I don't know if you've noticed them or not, but I've got some. And they are fantastic. So I can see you in super clear Ultra 2020 vision. Let me explain it. Let, let me paint a 
mental picture out there for the listeners who can't see those glasses. Picture a rich guy with a monocle, and then picture him having a second monocle. Yeah. And then picture them being connected. Somehow. And then that's Tun's glasses. (laughs) Oh, man. He looks like your rich uncle's friend with two monocles welded together. That's weird. That's a weird thought. It's distinguished. Actually, Dust, you'll appreciate this. Wait, I you came got across some caviar in your teeth. I came across two uh, young, nice gals today. Wait, why would I appreciate this? I was talking to them, and I realized they both had clear frame glasses, and then I had clear frame glasses, and then I pointed it out, and they were like, "Oh yeah." Well, you look great. You look great in yours. And I was like, well, thank you very much, ladies. And now, we discussed. Can we help you across the street? We discussed where we got our glasses from. It was very interesting. Now, she, they did not offer me that. I look way younger than that. That's thank you with very those much. glasses, you do. Yes. I will say this, though. There's one part about these new glasses that makes you sort of seem like you're an old guy. I don't, I don't know why or something weird, but I decided to try transition lenses and for some reason when you come inside and you're at the halfway point for a while it reminds me of like something like an old person for some reason uh, is that like uh hyper color it kind of is yeah or what does that mean yeah when you go outside when the uv rays hit your lenses they turn dark and then when you go inside the house and you're outside of the uv rays then they turn back clear I will say these are the newest generation of transition lenses, and they actually work really well. They transition very quickly. But there is sometimes that period where you're inside, and it's like halfway tinted. Does that mean I can run by you in the hallways and slap you in the back and leave a big giant purple handprint? No, I mean I can still see stuff, and it doesn't mean that my shirt is hypercolor. And please don't slap my face, because that also won't work on my glasses. Uh-huh. Anyway, why why is it that clear glasses are cool, but when I had those safety glasses that I broke the side things off of and wore as regular glasses, everyone made fun of me. Was I too ahead of my time, you think? Yeah. Man, that's the story of my life. Yep, it was just not the right time. All the dumb, stupid things I've done are now cool, but I did them 20 years too soon. Yeah. It was funny, too, because when I said that, I was, like, talking to these gals, and then I was like, hey, clear frames, clear frames, clear frames right here. And and the one was like, yeah, what's really it's really popular right now. It's really in. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. What is being able to see? Just having clear frames. Oh. I've had clear frames probably, like, five years now, but I went from square to now, like, a roundish frame, so. Oh, but you are still square in the traditional sense so don't worry about that i mean i guess something uh huey lewis once told me that it's, it's okay to have square frames yeah that's fine something like that actually i wonder if my square frames make me look somehow more hot and these make me look more rich and then it's like which one do i go with you know what i mean like it's all about the demographic you're after i guess you're like a big giant cup of cocoa man what do you do hot and rich yeah what what do i do how do i choose which one to go out on the town with i mean maybe i just bring them both interchange i don't know dude i figure we better just play some tunes and discuss it off air um i guess we could do that because we've got uh nrbq and captain lou in its entirety 
because Terry Adams is going to be on the program tonight. Awesome. Uh, let's hear from the captain. Here's the roll call on the five count. Joey Spimpinato, Tommy Adelino, Terry Adams and the whole horns. What me, brother Don? All right. Let's get down. You know why the little mouse left home? You know why the little mouse left home? His father was a fucking rat. Superfly Jimmy Snooker, and you're listening to the Five Count. Thank you very much, but I love you guys, man. Now, wait a minute. I've seen rock and roll. I've seen southern rock. I've seen punk rock. I've seen disco. Here's the only kind of music I dig. And I'll beat you. Round the records. Tilly Wings, baby. Me and the boys Just me and the boys I love it Tilly Wings, Tilly Wings, Tilly Wings And I'll beat you, and I'll beat you, and I'll beat you Tilly Wings, Tilly Wings, Tilly Wings, Tilly Wings, Tilly Wings. 
music and our love like Kenya kick mouse's hind legs with a verbosterous bunch, baby. I'm living, I'm thinking, I'm dreaming, I eat it. Now it's time to music. Get away! 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 Come on! Not right, not right, not right. 
Everybody, you want to hear it? Of course they do. They're yelling loo. See, when you're a wrestling manager and uh, you basically have to relate yourself to top talent, to top professional athletes. That's why I say professional wrestlers are the finest athletes in the world today. So I've related to that. I've, I've put myself down as being the maker of 13 world tag team champions. I now have Don Morocco that is the Intercontinental Champion. I've got the Samoans. I've managed Koloffs. I've managed the Moondogs. I've managed wrestlers all throughout the world. And I realize that when these great men, super giants that weigh some well over 300 pounds, they can move and groove, get down and suplex from the knees. Got it all together, their timing, their charisma, pandemonium will break loose when they're in the ring. So, taking from the wrestling, I've related to the best. I've related to music. I've listened to music since I was a baby. I used to go down, I used to sit back years ago and Elvis Presley, fine man, the man was my, my main man, Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, I listened to Jerry Lee, had it all together. I listened to Carl Perkins years ago when he came out with blue suede shoes. I put it all together. I love music. I've been in the music for many a day, brother, because I know it'll be here to stay. And when I listened one night, one night I was out on my own yes I was out partying I was drinking and boozing I was raising hell brother and I listened I came upon a long haired man with blonde hair down on the keyboards moving and grooving and jumping and with a big fat heavyweight at his side Al Anderson another man with a curl in front of his eye by the name of Bill Joey of Tommy Adelino and another brother with the bass and then we had Donnie and we got Keith and when I saw this I said Captain you need a piece of this action. I said, Captain, I said, genius that I am, you got to have a piece of number one, and number one is NRBQ. I believe that it is much easier to be at the side of a Terry Adams and NRBQ because they've got it all together. I am not there as a musical advisor. I am not there to fine-tune their talents because they've got it all together. I am merely there as a technical advisor. I am merely there as the guiding light. I am merely there to make sure that the money is proper, that the bookings are proper, that they will be treated properly, that they will be amongst the best in the world today. Just one last thing, Lou. The question is, with Big Al Anderson, you ever think about bringing him in the ring as one of your main men? I'll tell you something, I've watched Big Al, and I know Big Al was a fine athlete in school. And I know Big Al, he may look big, he may look kind of chubby like the captain, but with that big belly, brother, we can move and groove. Look at that. Look at that pectoris major jumping around. Look at that young lady in the back said, hey, hey, got bigger ones than me. See that? We can move and we can groove even up and down, brother. We've been there and we've been back. We've been there for many a day and we'll be here to stay. We're so good. We're so fine. Big hour in the future, baby, right behind the captain's side. Captain Lou, normally when you head into the ring, you have your physical attributes which speak for themselves. But 
Well, you see, I've got a very well-groomed voice. I've had uh, some vocal training. Uh, uh, my main man, Terry, sent me to a vocal coach, and he said, Captain, he said, you're a cross between a, a baritone and a... And a I'm not going to say the other way, sir, but you're so good. He said, you've got the tone in the back of your voice, the key tones that relate back to the lyrics of my throat, can throw a tune back into my stomach and out through the esophagus, and I can project. You got what I'm talking about, projection. In other words, Captain can project the tune. I've got it all together. My timing is so good. I'm so well-tuned. I can play nine instruments, you know. I will not do this, but I can. I can read and write. I can read music. Hey, this is Travis Franklin from Cat Bath, and you are listening to The Five Count. Main man Terry's out there checking with a raccoon, baby. He checking the raccoon. The raccoon loved Terry. Terry, Terry loved the raccoon. 
Where is my man? That's the combination of Terry and the raccoon. <laughs> I see that now. There's a tag team combination in the wind. Terry Adams, NRBQ. My main man ain't seen nothing like it. Man on the keyboard is unreal. He's out there with the raccoon. It is the raccoon and Terry Adams. But Terry's scratching at the door. The raccoon will not scratch. Terry coming in. The raccoon done took a fucking powder. He do not want no part of Terry. He said Terry's moving. Look at Terry walking around the piano, baby. Look at Terry go. Look at Terry got the hands on the side. Terry is hot. Terry is pissed off. The raccoon said shit. The raccoon done ran away. He said no. Uh-oh. Here come Terry. Now moving around, Terry gonna hit the screen. Terry, oh, Terry on the keyboard. Terry playing the piano. Look at Terry gone. Here go Terry. The raccoon don't run away. Terry getting down. Raccoon don't move the group. Raccoon don't run away. Man on the keyboard moving. Terry, 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 Terry. Where it's at? Pumpkin pie. Stop itching, son. We're back. Oh yeah. That was NRBQ and Captain Lou. Awesome. 35 years ago, this year, that album was released. Lou in the Q, Terry Adams from NRBQ is on the program tonight. Ton is on the program every night. And uh, I am feeling all right. That's good. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Not feeling too good myself, but... I hear what you did there. (laughs) What's going on, dude? This is the five count. Is there any kind of mailbag questions? I know people have been being really weird about that lately, but I'm just wondering. We got a few. We got a few. Do we really? Here's one from Amy Hawkery. Oh, boy. So, it's obvious that Dusty would play the lead role in the Burl Ives story. But who would Ton play? Wait, why do I got to be Burl Ives? Because you're I mean, the... besides the fact that I look just like him. And you are like a Burl Ives aficionado. Like, big time. I don't think you realize how much Burl Ives knowledge you have and how unequal that is within, like, all of society right now. And unnecessary. Don't forget that. It's unnecessary, yes. And unequal. So, based on your knowledge, is there someone who was as close to Burl Ives and as hot as I am back in those days, a, a character that I could play? His wife? His wa- I gotta be your wife? Wait a minute. Yeah, afraid so. Dust. I mean, I guess I'll do it. It's fine. Or you could be uh, Pete Seeger, one of those folk rock artists. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'll play whatever character you'd like me to play. If you want me to play your wife, that's fine. I will do that for you, my friend. I am I am fully prepared to support you in whatever way necessary. They kind of threw uh, Burl under the bus back in the like the McCarthy era. Really? When all the folk singers were being accused of being like communists and trying to poison the minds of the youth and like Peter Paul and Mary and Pete Seeger and like Woody Guthrie and all these people were like, hey man, what, blah, blah, the government. And Burl Ives was just like, hey, I don't care about any of this stuff. I'm just here to sing some sea shanties. Leave me alone. Yeah. And everyone was like, you've changed, Burl. You used to be about the rebellious train hopping hobo tunes. You sold out. That's really he's weird. He's like, eh, whatever. I'm just going to go do Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and win some Oscars, and you can F off. <laughs> Good for you, Burl. More wow. or less, that's exactly how the Burl Live story went. Wow. I don't know if uh, Amy is out there working on a treatment, maybe uh, doing like a first draft on a screenplay or something, but that's the gist of it right there. Get it together, man. 
we'll get this thing bent down on uh, down on film. Uh, if I was Burl Ives, then Tun would probably be one of the many starring characters in the film that Burl Ives narrated, and that would be called The Ewok Adventures. <laughs> Brilliant. Can't wait. Tun doesn't really care for Burl Ives, uh, I can understand. You're kind of like the dude uh, from... Who is the guy in a cat on a hot tin roof? I don't know, but I will say I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I don't care for him. He was the sexy guy. Burl Ives was like Big Daddy and there was like the super sexy guy. Obviously that's you. Cat on a hot tin roof. Yeah. Look it up. Or don't, I don't know. I don't know. What do I mean right now? Well what do you mean? You just said look it up. What do you mean? You're always looking up stuff on the show. Well, I have to figure out this stuff that when you start talking about things and people have no idea. Marlon Brando? No. Yeah, is that it? Is that the guy? Yeah, you kind of seem like a Marlon Brando. Well, the weird thing is... Or like a Justin Blando. The weird thing is that... What is wrong with this internet connection? Um, on the On the picture, it looks like him. But in the cast listing, it does not... Is it Paul Newman? Was it Paul Newman? Yeah, the salad Paul dressing Newman. guy. Yeah, it was Paul Newman. That's you. Don is the salad dressing guy. Paul Newman was brick. Elizabeth Taylor, my goodness. Wow. Can you imagine? I know. All the salad dressing you could eat. Yes. You know, I eat that salad dressing. Their creamy Caesar version is real nice. There you go, Amy. It's real nice. I like uh, it. I got a text message. Did you really? Yeah, well, I can read it to you if you'd like. Oh, is it any good? or? Uh, it's from John in New Ulm. Oh, wow. Directly texting directly to your phone. Uh, well, he sent a message to the Five Count Hotline. Oh, beautiful. At 507-519-2030. Yes. And left a message, and it popped up right here so I could read it. Awesome. And I could say his name on the radio, and everyone's going to be like, Hey, were you that John that they were talking about? And he'll be like, yeah, whatevs. Can you imagine how rough it is to be a John who lives in New Ulm right now? Because probably the entire city of New Ulm is asking every John they see, oh, are you the John? Are you the John? Hey, are you the John? And not only one of them is the John. It's like they got to find the right John in New Ulm. I got to imagine there's at least a half dozen guys named John in New Ulm. Yeah, rough. So this, I don't know who this one is from, I guess, then technically. It's one of the Johns. You want to be fair says here, Dustin and The Ton, if you were to rent a movie theater, what movie would you want to see? Movie from past or present. Also for The Ton, I still live in New Ulm, but in and out of town trying to help my dad. John from New Ulm. What up? What up? Can I just say that John writes like Prince, where there's like two U-C- He's just like, he's a hip dude. That sounds pretty hip. That's ridiculous. Good for him. Um, So let's try to answer his question now. A movie to play in a movie theater if we could rent the entire thing ourselves. Which I think is a thing you can do. I'm sure it is. That's a really hard question. And I'm thinking both each of us would have a different answer. But... I think I'm going to call one out that I believe Dusty would definitely be on board with. Not Titanic. No. You would be on board with this and you would probably be, you would, you would, you'd say, okay, yeah, we could do that. I think. 
I'm thinking you're going to say yes to this. Miami Connection. Oh, that was my answer, Ton. And if you didn't want to go with Miami Connection, American Commando Ninja. That'd be tough. I was going to say Miami Connection. See, that's what I'm saying, dude. I thought you were going to say something else. Like no. Days of Thunder Part 2 no. or something. Miami Connection is the answer. That's the real answer. That movie was here in the theaters, but those like dorks from Mystery Science were talking over it. Lame. And, and then I posted something on Facebook, said, hey, is there any way we could watch this movie without these dicks talking over it? Yeah. And they actually responded to me and said, hey, why do you got to be so mean? I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't like you guys, and I want to see the movie without you talking over it. Yeah. But it probably was hilarious, and I apologize for anything that I said. Also, to Amy, who is a big fan of Riff Tracks. Listen, what I'm going to say is double feature. Miami Connection followed up very closely by American Commando Ninja. Because you have good Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Tiger walks the night. Yes, dude, yes. That's that is the hot ticket. That is the double feature that we all need right now. Ton, I feel like we need an exclusive interview with Terry Adams, the guy from NRBQ. You're probably right about that. Uh, they've been around since like the mid '60s, and they've been touring and releasing albums like pretty much every year since then. That's a lot. It is a lot. Like, um, you could say, and probably would be correct, that Ton and I have a very obnoxious output when it comes to content. It's possible. These guys are putting out things that people look forward to, so that's that's a whole other ballpark. Yeah, they have that in their favor, for sure. But Terry Adams is on the program. I'm going to ask him about Captain Lou, because we heard side A of the album, Lou in the Q, and we'll hear uh, side 2B after our interview. Lovely. Are we doing that right now? Well, I guess we probably should. Here's Terry Adams from NRBQ. We are joined on the phone today by the one and only Terry Adams, the man behind NRBQ. Hey, Terry, how you doing today? Okay, how are you? I am excellent. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. First of all, I wanted to ask you how you're doing health-wise. Is everything good on your end there? Sure. How's your health? <laughs> well, I'm doing pretty good as far as I know. All right. Good. Excellent. Well, I want to ask you also, you know, what you're working on these days. I know, obviously, everyone has a lot of downtime, you know, over this past year. So is there some stuff uh, maybe in the works here? Yeah. You know, we, we had a record just about ready to go. It's a real good one. And then uh, because of the virus, the studio closed down, so it just got put on hold but we're about to uh get that out now you know finish it and get it out Excellent. so that's that's the main thing that's the main thing that's going on <laughs> is that a nrbq album or is that uh something else yes it is it's an nrbq record all, all new stuff yeah i know you had a couple of releases uh over the last year here to kind of keep people satisfied and there's that rarities collection and you had the live show so um, there's always uh something in the hopper it seems for for the fans <laughs> oh yeah we hope so um just got something to do there and uh, uh the music needs to come out so uh did you get them i have them and i've, I've listened to them and um it's it's hard to keep up though with uh you know, after 55 yeah. years, uh, I mean, the longevity is one thing, but the amount of music uh, you guys have released over that time, it's incredible. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. Where are you at? I, I mean, look, are you in Minneapolis? 
Yep, we're a little south of Minneapolis. Oh, that's good. Well, Terry, I know you've uh, done some um, solo stuff and uh, some other things apart from NRBQ. Um, is there kind of a criteria or, or a feeling you have that tells you, you know, what works for, for NRBQ and what doesn't? Uh, well, there's always been that. I don't really know what it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, some people will say, I got a song that's perfect for you guys, and then I, I don't know what it is. It's just not perfect for us. And I, I don't know what makes it. Uh, you know, speaking of songs we didn't write, I don't know what makes me, what gets, draws me to them, or, uh, but it just makes sense, uh, and everybody feels it. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> well, I know you guys have been known uh, for your live shows, obviously. I- I'm guessing you're ready to get back out on the road. Uh, you know, I know you played one show, I think, early last year, but uh, that's probably about it, right? Yeah, we haven't played in about a year almost. So, yeah, it'll be nice to get back out there and play again. I think some of the other guys have been doing a little bit here and there, but I haven't been out. Well, who is playing with you now? I know it's um, kind of uh, changed over the years, but uh, what what can the fans expect uh, when they see you guys back out on the road? Well, the, nothing's changed in the band except well, I mean, six years ago, a drummer, John Perrin, joined the band. But other than that, there hasn't been any, any changes in quite a while. Well, Terry, I got to ask you, it's um, actually 35 years since it came out. I wanted to ask you how uh, you wound up playing uh, with Captain Lou and had that album with NR- NRBQ and, and Captain Lou. That was uh, one of my favorites when I was a kid. Oh, good. Uh, that's a good story. I mean, I, 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 we were fans of Captain Lou uh, as a wrestling manager and and uh, had been up. Uh, we got introduced to him by handsome Jimmy Valiant, who's a wrestler. And uh, I got the inspiration that when we met him, I said, would you like to get into the music business? And uh, he said, yes, immediately. So we started uh, bringing him on stage with us and uh, recorded that couple of songs with him. And we're really having a good time. And later on, that stuff took off, you know, but we were the originals. And uh, he, it was a... Uh, He's a genius, I think, Lou. He's a, he's a brilliant, really. He's telling jokes faster than you can listen and always uh, has something great to say. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, he seems like he was always kind of in uh, wrestling promo mode. I imagine he was like that uh, off the screen, too. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He'd come over to, sometimes I'd say, okay, we're going to you know meet me at 9 o'clock and we're going to play tonight somewhere He'd show up at five and and knock on my hotel door, and I'd be wanting to sleep or take a nap or take a shower, and he'd just be on ten already. And I'd think, you know, you got to save it for tonight. <laughs> Eventually, I'd take him down to the bar or something, and he'd start telling jokes to to people and telling stories, and I could I could leave him down there for a while. <laughs> Always the center of attention, who was. I, I miss him. Yeah, it is interesting. You mentioned, um, you know, kind of being the first to to have him, uh, you know, in the whole wrestling thing, and then he went on with Cindy Lauper, and it, really, you can kind of trace a lot of stuff back to Captain Lou when you think about it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's what we did, and I'm, and uh, you know, it's sort of like a, I don't know, I don't really like what became of all that, you know, I I don't like what happened to wrestling after that, but uh, it's hard to explain. But you know, we had a good time with it there. Uh, it was uh, pretty, I guess it was controversial. We couldn't get TV stations or radio stations to play the ads that he made. 
sometimes they'd reject them and say they were offensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he was uh, a lot to deal with if you didn't see it coming. Well, I know that's one thing I always uh, loved about you and NRBQ. You guys would pop up, you know, on The Simpsons, or you're doing work for SpongeBob. You're you're wandering around as zombies, uh, you know, Day of the Dead. I mean, you never knew where you guys were going to pop up. <laughs> well, yeah, I uh, I just thought, you know, I, I love that movie Dawn of the Dead, and uh, I just thought how great that must be to be a zombie, you know. Uh, it really seemed like a great thing to do. And uh, when they were making the third movie, Day of the Dead, I contacted, uh, I had a friend who was working there uh, on the film, and I said, you know, we want to be zombies. And it was uh, approved, and down, we went down there uh, into Pennsylvania, somewhere near Pittsburgh. And, uh, yeah, that was a blast. So uh, I don't know what else you mentioned, but uh, that was a good good thing. But we didn't make any music for that film or anything. I would have liked to have. Well, I know you mentioned that uh, the new album is just about ready to go. Could we see that here coming up here, you know, in the next uh, couple months or so when everything kind of starts to get back to normal? Well, uh, like I say, the studio closed down and we, we hadn't uh, uh, finished, t- totally finished it. So uh, it's unknown. I mean, I wish it would come out in a couple of months, but first we have to. Uh, get back in the studio, and there's a couple of things we uh, hadn't done yet. A song hasn't been recorded, and so on. So, you know, this this year it'll be out, but I don't know when. Well, as we mentioned, uh, there was a couple of releases last year, and uh, pretty steadily every year there's at least uh, one album from you guys, so there there should be a lot to tide over the fans before this new one gets out. Oh, well, I guess we could do another. uh, We have (laughs) lots of stuff. did you get the, have you been staying up to date with the Omnivore? They've been doing some great, great stuff, reissues and things. Yeah, I noticed uh, there's a lot of stuff uh, coming out there. It's uh, it's almost, uh, it's tough to keep everything straight with all the stuff that's coming out. Yeah, uh, we're proud of that uh, box set they put out, the High Noon uh, 50-year uh, retroactive sure. uh, album. There's a lot of music on there for anybody uh, especially that doesn't know much about the band, if they put it, in it on, uh, it tells the story. Well, Terry, besides the uh, the album we were mentioning there, is there something else maybe in the works or anything else we should be looking out for? Well, uh, Steve Ferguson, was the, my uh, co-leader, originator uh, of the band, and uh, his last music that he recorded is going to be released real soon. Uh, he's playing the dulcimer, a, a real, real... Um, Unique style of play in the instrument. Uh, that's the next thing coming out. Excellent. Is that all the questions? Is that, is that all the questions you got? Yeah, I think so. Unless there's something else <laughs> you want to cover that we didn't get to. No, that's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Terry. I'm a big fan of yours, and it's been great speaking with you. Thank you so much. All right, Dustin. Nice talking to you too. And again, that was Terry Adams. Be on the lookout for some new music from Terry and NRBQ coming soon. Thank you, Robert. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to my father's place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The party is here tonight. And I'd like to welcome anybody who's cruising around. If you're at home, go get a Frosty out of the refrigerator, because we're ready to rock. Would you please welcome some very special friends of mine? And you know I love this band. You love this band, right? Please welcome NRBQ and their manager, Captain Lou Albano. I mean, listen here, brothers and sisters. 
When you listen to Big Ray, you've got to have something down. Let's hear now. Come on for Ray. All right, Ray. All right. Look at MLBQ. Tommy Adelino. I ride on drums. Joey Smith, but not on bass. That's right, Lou. Big Al, the big man. Big man, big heavyweight. Big heavyweight. Heavier than the captain on guitar. And Dolly. And the whole week. Whole week holds. And let's get down to the main man.
Hi, this is Mike Reese. I've been writing for The Simpsons for 30 years, and you're listening to The Five Count. Tonight 
this whole mess for the accident. It was the accident. Oh, he wants us to marry, but I think I will run. Cause working ain't about to save my audio on by the accident.
so fine i'm so fine i know where it's at one time i just do it one time do not have to stand here be criticized be culinized or be cool i know where it's all at i can do it just at one time where elton john elvis presley rodney east gave it and bo diddley cannot do what i can do <laughs> i'm a bitch on bo Barrett's brother i'm a motherfucker on wheels Woo, look out don we're back oh yeah that was lou and the q Wonderful. NRBQ, Terry awesome. Adams. What a guy. Uh, they've got two albums that just came out, and they're working on another one. It's kind of amazing. They just keep pumping out album after album. Me in the ton. Nice, dude. Just me in the ton. <laughs> it is typically just you and I, pal. This is a wonderful time to be alive. Are we alive? I mean, I'm alive. Are you live? Are you living? Uh, yeah, more or less. You I better, need some water. Yeah, Tony. take a drink, dude. I don't know what's going on with you. It seems like ever since you got COVID, now you're just losing your voice. You're falling apart. Your pants are... You keep coughing. Your pants are falling off. You can't drink stuff. You can't even speak half the time. What's going on, man? Let's call it a night. 
<laughs> I wish we could, but unfortunately we cannot. Why? It's our show. We got a whole bunch more radio to do. I think I swallowed something. <laughs> Yikes. Are you doing all right, man? Are you going to be okay? Uh, Well, I guess. I mean, we're here, so we might as well just finish. Do you need a lozenge? Do you have a lozenge? I really don't. But if you were to talk to a guy who is maybe 80 or 90 years old, he might have lozenges in his pocket. Ton, don't pretend that your pockets aren't stuffed to the gills with Werther's Originals. Nope, they're not. They're absolutely not. Why do you like them so much, Grandpa? (laughs) What was the answer? Why did he like them? You're the one that was in the commercial. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember that Because they don't taste like apples, but we just like them, okay? That's a weird thought. Do you like Werther's Originals? I'd like one right now. You say, hey, would you like this? Yeah, I'd love one. Well, I don't have it. That's exactly what I just did. It's the kind of stuff I got to deal with. Let me ask you this. If if it's the original Werther's, where, what, was there like a an alternate Werther's someplace? Uh, new and improved Werther's. They were real sucky. Really? Kind of like new Coke. So then they went back to the originals. Werther's originals. Or were the originals after the other Werther's, kind of like uh, the real Ghostbusters cartoon that came out after the filmation Ghostbusters that instead of uh, Peter Venkman had like a gorilla for some reason. Yeah. Remember that? Yes. Weird. There's an analogy I bet you didn't expect to hear. I did not. But it makes total sense. I'm not sure anybody completely followed it either, but I'm with you. Well, understand. it's the five count ton. What do you do? You're not always going to understand where we're going. You can't. It's just impossible. But if your radio's broken, maybe you'll stay tuned. <laughs> or like my grandma, she put her radio on top of the refrigerator and then just plugged it in and out when she didn't want to listen to it and the station could never change. Yeah, that's a good plan. Although I don't know if you'd want to listen to this station all the time. Yeah. Sounds like your grandma was a smart lady. Let me ask you this question. Does anybody still buy Werther's Originals? Do you do realize that I'm not Werther, right? Well, like, I'm why just... do you think I have all the answers here? Well, because you're a smart guy, and you usually have answers to stuff like that. I believe they still sell them. You, you can buy them in the store, like? Have you ever put a Werther's Original in a bottle of Tab? No. Kind of like I've seen a lot of TikTok videos. Crazy. It seems real gross. You should try it. I really don't want to. Do they taste like caramel or butterscotch? What is that? I can't remember what a Werther's tastes like. Man, when you get to the age where you have Werther's but now don't remember them anymore, that's way beyond. Tons gone plaid. I really have. And here's the thing. My memories of having a Werther's was when I was a child and my grandmother had them, which is weird. Like now, they're still associated as an old person's thing, which means somebody had to get really old since my grandma was because my grandma was old when I was young, and then some person who was like an adult when my grandmother was old and I was young is now really old, but now somehow loves Werther's again. What, what is that all about, dude? Is there ever like a point where kids are in love with Werther's? I couldn't tell you, Ton. I live strictly off a diet of. Ribbon candy and monster energy drinks. Wait a minute. Ribbon candy? That sounds really fancy and not something I have ever had. It's the kind of unwrapped candy that usually sat in a giant bowl out in a parlor 
or maybe a room that had a couch in it, but nobody could ever sit on it. So it's not really ribbon candy. You're talking about the candies that were striped. It was like a square candy or other various shapes, right? And even some of them had imprints on them. And it was like a plain regular candy, but it had stripes of color, right? Like red and green and whatever. Is, is, is this what we're talking yes, about? Yes, ribbon Teal? candy. It's not real ribbon candy. Real ribbon candy is actually like flat candy that's been shaped in like as it's a ribbon kind of curled up. That's ribbon candy. What is it when you go beyond plaid? Because Ton, I don't know where he is. I'm way beyond plaid. Good Lord. I'm telling you, dude. It Somebody called that ribbon candy, but it's not really ribbon candy. We can't even get candy here because it's only like legit candy makers. Was it this? Did it look like that? Like the curled up? That looks like fruit by the foot. Yeah, but it's not. That's what ribbon candy is, dude. I'm telling you, we are too poor to have really experienced real ribbon candy. Never seen that before in my life. I know. I like it, and I would like to try ribbon candy, but I don't know where it can be purchased. You know what you should try, Tom? Those fruit snacks that were shaped like sharks... And then they had, like, the white sharks in there, the great whites. Yeah, dude. Remember those? Yeah, I don't think they sell them anymore. Well, what do they do now? I don't know. Why are we even alive still? I don't know. Good God. But uh, let me tell you, white sharks, fruit snacks, amazing. I would eat nothing but white fruit snack sharks all day if I could. And fresca. Let me tell you something else, okay? I'm going to just tell you this. If you have to. I, I feel weird about suddenly promoting these guys uh, through our show, but it's it's fine. I'm going to be okay with it. It's not Harry Cupcakes, is it? No. Um, there is a YouTube channel, Hercules Candy. They seem like a really nice family who owns uh, a, a candy shop somewhere on the East Coast, I believe. Um, I got into it for a while, and I was watching it, and it was pretty interesting because they show them watching all, or making all of this, this candy. And in particular, it shows them making ribbon candy. They make like PB&J ribbon candy where legitimately they somehow get like one of the ribbons is filled with peanut butter. And then the rest of the candy is like grape flavored. So it like tastes like a candy PB&J while you're eating it. Or they even have like caramel apple. I'm pretty sure there's like caramel in there in the ribbon candy so you bite into it. it's like hard candy you bite in boom there's a peanut butter center or a caramel center those guys are awesome that's the type of candy ribbon candy i would like to try however they even say a full disclaimer they typically do not offer the ribbon candy on their website because it's too fragile so it'll show up to you in just a billion pieces i mostly just eat stale butter mints like the pastel butter ones? Mints. Yeah, butter mints. The dinner mints that you find at funerals and stuff? Yeah, those are good. That's all I had to add to that. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a butter barrel? Do you know what that is? Uh, are you talking about me? Is that like kind of a butter face, but you're calling no. me a butter barrel? It's some kind of a I'm candy. I'm like super hot from the neck up? Well, you definitely are that, but I'm saying... Uh, yeah, he's a butter barrel. Butter. <laughs> butter barrel. I just keep. Should I tell you the real, the reality of this situation? No, it's real. Butter yes, barrel. Please give me another ten-minute-long detailed analysis on this candy that no one's ever heard of. So I've had root beer barrels, and those are delicious. Butterscotch pudding barrels. Never heard of it. Peanut butter bars. Okay, this is we're going. We've gone beyond. Hard to find candies from the past. Let's see. 
what I'm talking about, here's the full disclosure. Are you ready for this? I've been reading books to my daughter. It's this Mercy Watson like chapter books, like early pig. early kid chapter books. Yeah, with the pig. And they talk about butter barrels in this book all the time. And I keep wondering, what in the heck is a butter barrel and where do I get one to try it? And I thought maybe you were the guy who's tried it. Oh, man, have you had French cream shamrocks? I've had those. They're good. From McDonald's? No. French creams, Dust. If you like those dinner mints, you would love French creams. So now answer my question about butter barrels, please. Um, can you use it in a sentence? Do you know what a butter barrel is? Where can I possess a butter barrel? If they're pigs, how do you know it isn't just an actual barrel full of butter? Well, it wasn't the pig. Well, the pig would eat it, but it's like, in particular, uh, 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 a male character called Leroy Ninker, who is a man who uh, happens to be a thief for one of the books and is trying to steal a toaster from 54 Dekawu Drive, but in actuality wishes he was a cowboy and wears a little cowboy bandit mask and boots and a hat, and he's very short. He loves butter barrels, and uh, Mercy Watson completely loves butter, especially on toast. She prefers to have toast with a great deal of butter on it, which that is the pig character smells the butter barrel, wakes up, and uh, brings Leroy Leroy Ninker for a ride. Now, there's another book where Leroy Ninker has already gone to prison for being a criminal, a thief, and he has gotten out and he's reformed and now works at a drive-in movie theater in, in which he puts copious amounts of real butter onto popcorn, bottomless buckets of popcorn, that is. So, the pig isn't actually the point of the story that eats all these butter barrels. It's Leroy Ninker who eats the butter barrels. And I want to know what in the heck a butter barrel is. I'm only familiar with, I can't believe it's not butter barrel. Does anyone know what a butter barrel candy is or if it existed? All I know, Ton, is that the way you describe that last book makes me really want to hear the last half of that RoboCop novella that you started four years ago. Yeah, you're right. That's a good... I wish... I wish I could do that too. Butter mints dust. Have you had butter mints? Uh, if memory serves me correctly, I did roughly 10 years ago. Please do tell. Well, since you asked, Ton, and since this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five count history, I'll say I forgot what you just asked me. <laughs> what is happening? What did we do 10 years ago? Ton, it was me and you. February 5th, 2011, and we had a special guest on the program, actor Sean Weiss, better known as Greg Goldberg from The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, man. Awesome. And he was also in Tun's uh, favorite film that was based loosely on his childhood, Heavyweights. Hmm. Nice, dude. You remember. I do. He was also on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Was he really? Well, during the show, he talked about uh, the Mighty Ducks and his love for the state of Minnesota and why Ben Stiller hates fat people. That's an interesting conversation. Well, ducks fly together on the five count, ton. Ten years ago, we played a whole bunch of music from uh, the Mighty Ducks films. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> Whoop, there it is. Talked about tons of uh, knuckle puck. A lot of great stuff. <laughs> 
10 years ago. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. That seems like uh, so long ago, yet not so far long ago. I'd like to pull back the curtain and just say that Ton is in no way paying attention to the program at all anymore. He's now on his telephone looking at uh, various photos of old people candies. I was really trying to find Butter Barrel candies, and I can't do it, so I'm feeling like Mercy Watson chapter books have led me astray, and I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about that. How do you feel about this, Ton? I heard a rumor that there was going to be a new Mighty Ducks film with Emilio Estevez. Really? I think I heard that, or I may have made it up. So... I mean, at least if Emilio is involved, it's going to be a continuation of the story, not a remake, right? I don't know. The Mighty Ducks must be, like, in their 50s by now. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it could be a continuation as in Emilio is involved and he's playing some sort of coach-esque person who's maybe dealing with another coach trying to coach new little kids and maybe some of the the cast from the previous film shows up as parents who have kids who are now Mighty Ducks. How old is Coach Bombay at this point? 60? I don't know. I don't know. Let me ask you this, Ton. Since we're on the subject and we're still 10 years ago talking about the Mighty Ducks, why is it that the Mighty Ducks were able to be so good that they went to the Junior Olympics and they won the gold medal and destroyed everyone, including Iceland? And then, for some reason, in the third film, when they're slightly older and probably better at hockey, they could barely even beat the, like, senior team at Bum Dork High School in Minnesota. Like, they were that much better than all the Olympic teams? Does that make any sense to you? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. That's a very valid question. I'm with you. I have no idea. Why don't we get Emilio Estevez on the show and ask him the real answer to that question because if Emilio Estevez were ever on this program yeah I would not ask him a single question about the Mighty Ducks or about the Breakfast Club it would solely be a two-hour long interview about the making of Maximum Overdrive that's a good idea so you'll have to talk to him on your own time that's a good plan thank you so much thank you Tom hey that was 10 years ago in five count history there it was and we're back All I'm saying, just to continue on slightly about the Mighty Ducks, is I really don't want to see a new remake of the Mighty Ducks where Emilio shows up as like a janitor, like a bit part as a janitor. (laughs) Well, he was a lawyer. How did he? That's what I'm saying. Don't do that. Whoever's trying to make this film, don't just don't do that. That's dumb. That's a stupid idea. Don't do it. Can you give them brass knuckles and have them get into a fight at the Bethany Lutheran College? I mean, you probably could do that. That's what I would do. Like that film that you were in, Hard yeah. News. Yeah, dude. Ton, what are we uh, looking like here? Do we uh, got to go to Afropop soon or something? Yes. Yes, we do. Okay. Well, we, unfortunately, before that happens, have to pay tribute to almost Five Count alumnus Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Samuel Screech Powers. That's sad, really something. Sad stuff. Yeah. And we almost had him on the show. Something happened. Probably Ton's fault. I don't know. Probably my fault. Let's hear uh, a Saved by the Bell set, shall we? Let's do it. When I wake up in the morning and the long gets out of morning, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. By the time I grab my books and I give myself a look, I'm at the corner just in time to see the bus fly by. It's all right, cause I'm saved by the bell. 
everybody, this is Ox from Stingray the Bill, otherwise known as Troy Froman, and you're listening to the Five Count. <laughs> Imagine that, I can count too. <laughs>
Hi, this is Danica McKellar. You might know me as Winnie on The Wonder Years or from my Hallmark Channel movies or even from my math books at mckellarmath.com. And you're listening to The Five Count.
And we're back. Wait, what? We're back in action here, my friend. Friends forever. Don't be doing that stuff. You're going to blow your voice out again. Talking about friends. You're going to start coughing all night. It's ridiculous. Zach attack, man. Can I just tell you something? Uh, I guess. I am not as big of a Saved by the Bell fan as you, but I really, uh, you know, feel your pain. And I want you to know that I'm here for you, pal. Uh, rest in peace, Dustin Diamond, who uh, had some hiccups later in his life as far as uh, his career, his relationship with his Bell cast friends, and uh, run-ins with the law, and weird porno movies. A lot of weird stuff happened, but I mean, he's still like, he was the guy that was kind of like the nerdy geek outcast guy that some people, not ton obviously, but maybe more people like me and you, that might you know maybe looked up to when we were kids and thinking you know what I can relate to that guy and he's pretty cool he found some cool friends he hangs out with Lisa Turtle and she's pretty hot so you know what maybe hope's not lost for me yeah of course Todd never had those feelings because he's always looked like he does now that's not true but yes dude I I am with you so then the best way to do it is to not talk about all those shortcomings and things and he really was just another person like anyone else and he gave that to many people. He, he allowed people to identify with someone and, and feel good about themselves in their own ways. So thank you very much, and uh, thank you for, for what you've done, Screech. And you know what, Ton? I don't mean to brag, but... Rest I, in peace. I think you're right. I do know maybe more than the average person does about Saved by the Bell. Oh, I know that you do, yeah. Uh, if only there was some kind of trivia contest, a, a bar or something... Where I could really wow people. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is, but you refuse to go into bars, so there's that. Let's have Saved by the Bell trivia. Maybe we could do it on Patreon. Okay. I don't know how what the logistics would be, but... I don't know either. If someone out there wants to host it, Ton and I will compete in Saved by the Bell trivia. Let us know. I got a mailbag question if you got time. I do. It's from Billy Floyd Shouts. Really, that guy. The handsomest man in Wasika. Yeah, it's been steady competition for years. He's looking at re-evaluating his streaming subscriptions. What services do you use? Which ones do you recommend? And what are your favorite shows from them? Signed, Hunky Floyd Hunks. Oh boy, this is going to be terrible. I can't answer these questions. Well, I can answer these questions, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'll get ridiculed up and down. But Floyd Shouts does that to me no matter what I say, so whatever. Um, do you want me to answer or are you going to answer first? No, I, you're digging this hole. Let's hear it. Well, currently, I was a long, okay, I was a long-time Netflix person. Uh, I no longer have Netflix. Currently, I have Amazon Prime and I have the Disney Trifecta Bundle, but I almost don't watch. I, I watch, I watch zero Hulu, and I feel bad about that because I really should be watching the Goldbergs on there because that's a great show. The Goldbergs is awesome. Uh, Dusty has lent me the the DVD volumes over the years, and I've watched all of it to what maybe the sixth season or something like that. Um, that show is awesome. I love it. Even though it's on Hulu, I never watch it because I've been so spoiled for the past 
15 years or whatever with zero commercials that I can't, I, I just can't handle it, having commercials back. It's weird. You can't just pay the extra $3 and get rid of the commercials? Well, no, because I'm already paying for this bundle thing. So then if I want to do that with no commercials, I have to separate the bundle and then pay for Disney Plus separately and then the Hulu thing extra separately. And then I won't get the ESPN thing in which I watch boxing matches even as old as like the 1940s on there, which is really interesting stuff. That ESPN Plus thing has a lot of cool boxing. Um, Anyway... So I have that, and I've mostly watched Disney on there, but really um, the main thing that gets watched on there is by my daughter, which is Tots and uh, the Planes movie and Cars, and we've watched like Toy Story and you know stuff like that. She loves Tots. Bluey, I will, t- I will tell you this, Bluey is a fantastic kid show uh, on Disney. Tots is okay. Um, Planes, if you're considering it, is nowhere near as good as the Cars movie franchise. Uh, but my daughter loves it right now for you, some reason. You think these are shows that Floyd Shouts would enjoy? Um, who knows? I'm not going to put any judgment towards Floyd Shouts. He can watch whatever he wants. I have watched The Mandalorian on there, and that's actually way better than I thought it was going to be. Way better. And like... You and I have talked about this briefly. I think in some ways that Mandalorian show is like better than most of the Star Wars movies. Than most of them in a weird way. At least the last six. It's it yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Um how how good it is and and yet it's like just a television thing. I've also I watched that uh Jeff Goldblum show on there. That was kind of interesting, but I I'm mostly I think because I like I think he's an interesting dude, so it's kind of funny watching that program with him. Some of the National Geographic stuff is really cool too, but I don't have a, that much time to watch it. Um Amazon Prime I had for a long time and just didn't watch anything on there because it was kind of weird. It seemed like when I searched for stuff, it was like you had to still rent it or buy it and I was like well this is dumb and then just stopped even using it but since then I have watched Jack Ryan which is pretty good but uh, the the really good shows that I have found on Amazon Prime have been Prime Originals so um, The Boys is really good if you are me and the boys exactly the Boys is really good, and Floyd Shouts, if you haven't seen that or don't have Prime, that's pretty good. But you, Prime is expensive, so you got to make it like, you know, worth it that you're going to buy stuff from Amazon. Even though I guess what does that come out to be? A hundred bucks within a year. What is that per month? That's probably actually pretty cheap compared to other, other streaming services. So really not that bad. But anyway, The Boys is good if you like action like superhero type shows the boys is like the boys is like the avengers but totally a hundred percent adult rated like there is no parts that are for kids at all yeah it's way more raw blood and guts and speaking of ton one time i stayed up late and i watched a movie called where the boys aren't i think it was on cinemax okay it's wow. a little scrambled, but I got the gist of it. Nice. I haven't Just seen Just a side that. note there. I better try and find it. But the other thing that I watch mostly on that right now, and this is where I'll get ridiculed, is I totally started watching Downton Abbey, and I love it. 
I love Downton Abbey. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but I do really like it. Um, little Kids program that's on Prime that is super awesome, Tumble Leaf. That show, hands down, my favorite children's show. And it's I think it's because like the messages and the stuff that they're that they're talking about in there I think is really good. But there's also like this, it's it's like a weird claymation kind of mixed media type show, which is really interesting to me. And then also um, there's like wackiness that's in some ways reminds me of Pee-wee's Playhouse, but isn't that. It's like out there and wacky, but also accessible because the because of the content. Tumble leaf. So there's all that I have to say about streaming stuff right now. <laughs> um I am currently in the middle of season three of Sister Sister on Netflix. I don't know what that is. Well, it's a show for grown men to enjoy and not at all a show for tweens. And I should not be judged for the fact that I'm watching all of them as we speak. Wow. Sister Sister. I'll have to look into it. Back in the day, dude, I watched tons of weird stuff on Netflix. You know, I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time watching Netflix. That's ridiculous. I watched some like Olympic gymnast show forever, which is totally a teeny bopper show. I forget I forget what it was called, but I got sucked into that big time. I also um, am a Stranger Things fan, so you know, whenever that comes out again, I might end up just buying Netflix for a month to binge watch that. We'll see. Well, Tom. I mostly binge old episodes of The Five Count. You know where you can find those? At thefivecount.com. That's right. There's like 500 episodes or something there, which is just like, you're not going to have time to listen to all those and watch streaming services. You're really not. Our website is free. So just get rid of all that other riffraff and save your money, and you'll still be entertained and... I don't know what else to say other than you could send uh, what money you did save to Ton as yes. a thank you gift. Yes, you can do that. We've reached the end of the program. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Go to thefivecount.com. Go to Patreon. For $1, you can get a bunch of exclusive content that isn't available at thefivecount.com. In addition, you can see certain video stuff like Five Count Co-op. You can see that early on that particular uh, Patreon site. Um, you can watch The Five Count at the Movies, which is us basically doing riff tracks over other shows and basically destroying Dusty's life because he now realizes that he's exactly like Mystery Science Theater, which oh. earlier in the show he was completely saying he hated. The ton is way cuter than that talking gumball machine. That's probably true, somehow, maybe. Also, you can hear new episodes of The Five Count like on Thursday mornings. Instead of having to wait until Saturdays like a damn doofus. You can do that. Subscribe to the podcast on any podcasting platform that you prefer. Just look up The Five Count. The number five is actually spelt out, not a number. You can get it both ways, Ton. We're high tech. You can get it any way you want it. Any way you want it, Ton. is. I don't know the words to that song. Yep. But I do know you could go to Lori Dawn Ceramics yes, you and can. buy the Five Count Medallion. Yes, you can. Medallion, that's a good word for that. The Five Count Medallion. Valentine's Day is coming up. You In should probably get one. Where you are going to celebrate Valentine's Day. 
the five-count medallion. Yeah. Yes, dude. I will show you my collections of medallions and wine. Yeah, dude. That is the Valentine's Day you need to have. Go to Lori Don Ceramics right now. She will take a trip to Norway, but she won't go to Norway. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much. We will catch you next week. Show's over? It's over. Okay. Well, thanks, Terry Adams from NRBQ for being on the show. Rest in peace to Dustin Diamond, Samuel Screech Powers. See ya on Valentine's. When morning comes, I raise my head, shut off the alarm, and get out of bed. I brush my teeth like Mother's head, and always feed my spider Ted.